Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio and octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Very pleased to welcome you. Thanks uh, for joining us. Today's August 19th, 2016. I'm Charlie Wright, and we're very pleased to welcome for the very first time our good friend Dave Landry of DaveLandry.com, a stock trading educator focusing on technical analysis. He speaks to us from their world headquarters in beautiful downtown Abita Springs, Louisiana. So, Dave, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Oh, Charlie, thanks for having me. So, Dave, you are all over the place. You have been uh, a professional trader uh, for over 25 years. You're the author of several books on trading. You've written many articles on trading. You've published daily web-based commentary on technical analysis trading for over 20 years. You've spoken repeatedly at trading conferences throughout the world. Uh, you've got a uh, bachelor's degree in computer science, not even in finance, but you have an MBA. And you are famous for your Dave Landry's The Week in Charts. So tell us, how is it with all of that background that uh, you can't get a real job? <laughs> or as you asked my wife, uh, yeah, I could do all that, but I can't remember to take the, take the garbage out. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love what I do, and, and uh, it, it's, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I, I, I left a real job a long time ago to pursue this, and it's been, it's been a front, fun ride getting to see the world, work with a hedge fund for 14 years, and and uh, it, some of my passion is the writing and, and the educational business. I really enjoy that too. So it's a, it's been a fun ride. But yeah, not a, not a real job, unfortunately. <laughs> so Dave, give us a thirty second uh, history of your background here. Okay, uh, I started uh, years ago as a CTA back in uh, the mid nineties. I think nineteen ninety five. I became officially uh, a CTA, which is a commodity trading advisor. I was registered. Uh, for about 14 years, and I spent some time uh, working with uh, a couple of hedge funds during that period. Uh, I was part of one of the first websites that was ever out there many years ago that provided uh, trading uh, commentary and analysis back in the late 90s, and then uh, I went off to do my own website uh, since then, and then, as you mentioned, all those other things in my bio, written uh, several books in the process, which have been translated in quite a few languages, and and uh, basically, I do my own trading. I trade. I focus mostly on stocks with uh, with with technical analysis. So, do you trade for uh, other people using other people's money, or just your own, and then provide education? Uh, I trade. I only trade my own money. I do not trade other people's money. I'm no longer uh, registered. Uh, so everything I, I do is under the guise uh, for educational purposes only. Okay. And how do you do that? What kind of well? Tell us about your services, what you do, how you do it, etc. And again, I know they're broad and they're deep here. Okay, uh, I have a daily trading service where I provide stock picks along with money position management. Basically, the, essentially uh, an entire game plan as to where to get in, where to get out, and then how to manage the position, along with color market commentary and some sector and commodity observations that goes along with it. In, in addition to that, some ancillary setups and ideas. And basically, that's my paid service. That's, I like to see that as more than just a tip sheet, something to give, give you some ideas about some things that you can do 
in the actual markets. If there is something to do, uh, on my website, which is um, has tons of free content, I write a blog uh, once or twice a week, and I do the daily. Uh, I do a daily market in a minute, which is a quick little fun update of the market, and then also do the weekly show that you uh, alluded to. And I have a lot of content on the website that is that is free, so it's not just a it's not just a paid service, but uh, there's a lot of uh, content out there. Uh, like I said, on the website itself, DaveLander.com. So, Dave, uh, in the investment world, we have heard for years, even decades, you cannot time the market. Give us a response to that statement. I fully disagree. I think if the market is, you know, market can only do three things, go up, down, or sideways. If it's going up, you need to be long. If it's going down, you need to either be out or short. And if it's going sideways, you need to be sitting on your hands because the only way to make money is to capture a trend, regardless of your trading style. But I do think that you can you could time the market. Uh, overall, market timing is a little bit more difficult than picking individual stocks. Not that picking stocks is easy. But as I think we talked about uh, previously, Charlie, I think that you could seek out inefficiencies in stocks, and with smaller cap stocks, possibly you could uh, you could beat the market by using those. So I think you can time the market overall just by asking yourself, look at the chart: is it going up? Is it going down? Or is it going sideways? Take 2008 for instance. It actually rolled over in 2007, and then it dropped significantly and was in an obvious downtrend before it dropped another 30, 40 percent. So I think you can I think you could time the market and. It's not easy, but it's not uh, it's not very difficult. You just need to look at which way it's headed, and then make sure you're on the right side. So you look at individual stocks, and you look at the patterns in their charts, head and shoulders and the like. You're looking for tops. You're looking for bottoms. You're looking for reversion to mean, etc. And then you you educate people on how to identify those very same things themselves. Is that what well, you do? Well, actually, I, I use all of those things. But my main focus is on determining what the trend is, if it's an existing trend or is there a new trend emerging, and then looking for a place to get on. And you mentioned reversion to the mean. So I'm kind of anti-reversion to the mean trading, but one of my clients pointed out a while back that I'm really a reversion to the mean trader within the trend, and that's a fancy way of saying pullback. So most everything I do is pullback-related. Uh, I do pay attention to some of those classical technical analysis things you mentioned. I would encourage everyone to get educated on those things, but you've got to be careful trying to trade those things outright. They could be a little bit esoteric. I find that if you have a more defined pattern and then pay attention to the double bottom, the head and shoulders, and whatever other bigger picture pattern it might be de- developing within, I think you'll do just fine. But it's a little bit more difficult to, to trade those bigger picture patterns. You're much better off with some sort of defined pattern. So do you uh, recommend particular stocks at a particular time that, hey, Apple looks like it's in this kind of a pattern, and so we can see a pullback continuing or reversing over the next month or so? Or do you just teach people how to recognize those and let them go off and and, uh, look up the apples on their own? Well, I do both. I actually have most of the uh, the free stuff on the website as teaching people how to do that. I also have some paid courses that show you how to do that. But then I also actually picked actual stocks, and that's within the paid service. And I'm looking for more inefficient stocks. I wouldn't, not that I would never trade an Apple or something like a Google or something like that. But I, I would much better. I would much prefer to try to find something more inefficient. Maybe it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a thin stock, but it could be an energy stock that's beginning to take off from low levels, or it could be an IPO, a hot IPO or something, something that's going to be more inefficient than the overall market that can make a much bigger move 
maybe uh, yet to be discovered or yet to be discovered in the latest move higher. And as it gets discovered, it helps to propel a position higher. You know, everybody understands basically fundamental analysis. We know that uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are super famous. They've made all kinds of money, etc. But technical analysis, I can't think of, uh, other than you, Dave, of a single person that really has that high of a profile in the investment world uh, on uh, technical analysis. And Jim Cramer, he's a fundamental analysis guy. He occasionally has somebody on in technical analysis. Why do you have such comfort and confidence in technical analysis? Well, as I often say, what is, is, unless you're Bill Clinton, of course, but what, if the market headed higher, is the market headed lower, is it going sideways? So my confidence in technical analysis is there's a concrete rule. If the market is going from A to C, it's going to have to pass through B along the way. Not that you could always just buy at B, although I do have some patterns that do something very similar. For the most part, that's a hard rule. That's a hard and fast rule. There are no hard and fast rules when it comes to fundamental analysis. There's no such thing as you should buy a stock at the P is this or some other type of method. Whereas with technical analysis, what is is the price does not lie. So just follow the price, and you'll do uh, very well. And, you know, you mentioned uh, technical. Uh, we were talking about Greg Morris earlier. He's a technician, and he was running over $6 billion. So there's a lot of money out there that's being ran with, uh, with technical analysis. It's just some of these fundamental guys seem to be more uh, famous in, in the case of uh, – one of the guys you mentioned, I guess, notorious. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, uh, almost all, well, all, I would say, uh, of the thousands of uh, long-only mutual funds, they run on fundamental analysis. Uh, they do not run on technical analysis. And, you know, th- there is a basic distrust in the marketplace of technical analysis. I'm not right, saying it's uh, valid, and, and I'm not saying it's accurate, no, but no, there is yeah. a, a basic distrust. You, if you go in, uh, a very, uh, a very uh, interesting point is, Go in and look at the mutual funds. Look at all those mutual funds from 2007 to 2008, and the market went down 50% at one point during that period, and your average mutual fund was also down the same amount. So they might be using fundamental analysis, but they, they ride the market down with the overall market, so obviously they're not using any timing in their approach. Yeah. And a 50% drawdown, you lose half your money. That could be pretty tough, especially if you're closing in a retirement. Yeah, no question about it. And that's, that's, you know, well, part of the mantra of our show here is uh, alternative investing and alternative uh, strategies so that uh, people, as they get older especially, but at all times, uh, don't have to sit uh, with a downturn. And downturns come. I mean, they, yeah, corrections absolutely. happen, big corrections especially. Well, when uh, people buy and sell stocks for a variety of reasons, and a lot of times they have nothing to do with the underlying company, so that's why it's important to pay attention to the charts to see if there's actually supply or demand. And if there's supply, meaning the stock is headed lower, you probably don't want to buy it. Yeah, excellent point here. So uh, tell us, uh, do you use signals in what you do, uh, stochastics, MACD, etc., or do you just look at the patterns? Most of what I do is looking at the chart, and, and most of it can almost be boiled down to net-net move. How much has the market moved? over a given period of time uh, from a percentage basis based on the underlying volatility of the instrument. I like to draw a big blue arrow on the chart. They're just blue because my paint program 20 years ago defaulted to blue, so I'm known as the guy who draws the big blue arrows. I will occasionally use moving average, but I don't use any indicators other than the occasional moving average simply because 
price indicators are derived from price, so they're going to have some lag to them. So I would much rather just look at the price itself. And again, not to beat the dead horse, but ask myself, is it headed higher, is it headed lower, or just plain sideways? Okay, and what kind of time frames do you look at? Do you look at intraday stuff? Do you look at swing trading, which is over a few days or a few weeks? Or do you look at position trading or long term? What, what, what are your time frames? Well, I actually take a bit of a hybrid approach, and I'm looking outside my window right now, and, and un- unfortunately it's clouding up again, and I heard a little thunder here, so it's gonna, it looks like it's going to start raining some more in Louisiana. But I don't know if it's going to be raining this time, and I hope it's not raining this time next week or next month. So I think a, a market forecast is akin to predicting the weather. I think intraday is a little too short of a time frame. I don't think we're wired to make that many decisions. But I like to look as a swing trader uh, over a short period of time. But I'm willing to keep a portion of that position because I can't predict so far out. You can only predict so far out, but you can follow trends forever. So the real money is in the longer-term trends, but that's a little bit more risk, your bigger drawdowns. So the way I, I, I saw for that equation, or that problem, I should say, or dilemma, is that I take a short-term profit. I'm kind of known as a swing trader, but I'll actually hold on positions, two positions as long as they move in my favor. And occasionally, we'll have one in a portfolio that'll go a couple years. And, and that's, the, that's the ultimate goal in every position. When people say, what's your holding period? I say, hopefully 10 years, maybe even longer. But the reality is, we probably get stopped out more often on what would be considered a swing trade type of move. So let's say uh, 75% of your trades... Okay, 75% of your trades are completed in what time frame? A week, a month, three months? I would say I would say 75% are probably completed within a few weeks. But, I mean, we have some in the open portfolio right now that we put on in, in February, and we're still long. So, so, so far we've got uh, one, two, we had a couple of positions that we put on in February, we're still long. So that's six months worth uh, so six so that's been six months and that's the type of position we're looking for something to hold on longer term but on average i would probably say probably less than a month if you looked at the actual trades and when they uh when they stopped out whether they stopped out at a profit or a loss it's probably within a month but i don't focus so much on that because the real money is going to be in that and i hate to call it an outlier because it makes it sound elusive but the real money is in that occasional outlier that goes up several hundred percent and that's what we're not that we're swinging for the fence on every trade, but we go in with the hopes, and I hate to use the word hope, but with the hopes that it will become a longer-term position. Okay, Dave, hold that right there. We need to take a short break. Again, we're talking with Dave Landring. Fascinating stuff here about stock trading, uh, technical analysis, uh, patterns, etc., the kinds of things that we'd all like to know more about here. And you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back with Dave. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his interview. 
Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Dave Landry of DaveLandry.com. He's a stock trading educator focused on technical analysis, primarily the stock charts and patterns. So, Dave, uh, a couple of questions here. Uh, Number one, we don't fully understand your service. What is it that you offer to people? Okay, it's a daily game plan on what stocks I think are worth trading, where to get in, where to get out, how to manage the position, and then I update those and continue to update those as long as the position stays live. And in addition to that, I'll also provide a little color market commentary where I think the overall market may be headed, what sectors to look for to find opportunities, and possibly some ancillary setups for those who might be looking for a little bit more action or a little bit uh, more aggressive traders. So there's the core portfolio, and then there's some ancillary ideas that I'm providing on a daily basis. Okay, and you do that in the form of an e-newsletter? It's actually, yes. You actually have to log on, and it's a daily video that I do uh, based on that. And we take a look at all the positions, and we take a look at potential new positions, and uh, make the adjustments to the stops and trailing stops, etc. Okay, so tell us, uh, do you recommend short positions, or are you long only versus and or cash? I do. I, I prefer uh, I prefer not to short, but uh, I used to race sailboat years ago, and the sailmaker would always say, if you love light air, it'll love you. So I don't like shorting that much, but uh, you have to kind of embrace it when it comes. So in 2007, 2008, we ended up with a lot of shorts uh, on the books. Uh, I think the, the main reason to short is not to make money in down markets, although that's, that, that's nice. But the main reason that you should short is so you can see both sides of the markets. I have a lot of friends... And some of them run a lot of money in, uh, in the trading world. And those who are long-oriented tend to always see the glass as half full and not half empty. So I think it's important to short, not so much to try to make money shorting, but so that you see both sides of the market. But right now, we're 100% long. We had some shorts uh, back in uh, January and February of the year when the market was kind of a little iffy. And then uh, since then, we've, uh, we got stopped out of those, and now we're, we're fully long now. Do you do anything in the futures market or with commodities or currencies, anything like that? I, I do not publicly do anything in, in those markets, but I do, uh, on the side, I do occasionally trade uh, markets such as Forex. Those markets are a little bit uh, more efficient or a lot more efficient, and it's a lot harder to catch trends in those markets. But every now and then, there will be some inefficiencies that set up that are worth trading. But for the most part, my focus is on stocks because that's where the inefficiencies are. Okay, and uh, you you said that you like small small uh, stocks, yeah. uh, because that, that's where the, you can identify the inefficiencies. Uh, so that's really where you focus. But but uh, they have much more volatility, correct? Right, absolutely. They do have much more volatility, and then as you alluded to, there's a potential for them to take off as they become uh, discovered. Now, it's not that I won't trade a stock with higher volume. Uh, we're long one right now that has an average volume of 5 uh, million shares. That's one that we're, we're long since February, uh, and that's a coal company And because the pattern was there and was worth trading. So I wouldn't eliminate a, a thicker stock or, or one that, uh, that, that trades high volume that would be considered efficient if it looks like it, it, it has the potential to make an inefficient move. But uh, as a general statement, yes, we are trading uh, smaller cap issues because I think they have more potential. Everybody's not in there trying to cancel each other out trying to trade something like Apple, and they're, they're canceling each other out. It creates a somewhat of a choppy market or often a choppy market. It's hard for it to trend, whereas a smaller cap stock has the potential to make a more inefficient type of move. 
Uh, to what extent do you consider macroeconomic conditions? If you think that the market uh, is 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 uh, going to keep going up for a while, do you take that into consideration and invest more money, or are you strictly looking for those small cap stocks? Well, I'm I'm I guess t- the, the quick answer of that is that I am strictly looking at everything on a setup by setup basis. So if I have a great setup and the market's going sideways, then I'll go ahead and take it. Uh, if I have a mediocre setup and the market's going sideways, then I'll sit on my hands. And right now, obviously, we're skirting around these all-time highs. I'm seeing a few setups, and I'm willing to take those. And, and I factor in the fact that, the, yes, the market's headed higher, the sector, the sector is headed higher. So that's a good thing. Ideally, you want to have all three working with you. As you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So if the overall market and the sectors are headed higher, you have a better, better than um, – a much better chance than if the market is headed sideways or lower if you're buying stocks. You know, uh, with the small cap market up since early February, uh, over 25%, you're probably talking with a real smile on your face these days. Yeah, things are, things are going well. We've uh, The IPO market has been, I keep waiting for the bull market to end. I hope it doesn't. I know it's going to happen someday, sooner or later. Everything good comes in the end. But uh, IPOs have been a wonderful place for opportunities. Uh, is there any reason why they should be going up like they are? No, but they're going up, so that's been a wonderful thing. So, yes, for the most part, Charlie, things have been going uh, well with the uh, smaller cap issues for most of this year. So, Dave, who are your typical clients? I have a variety of people. A lot of the beginner investors or make up quite a bit of my clientele, but I also have some RIAs. The RIAs that I have, they a lot of the stocks that I recommend, they can't actually trade in their fund. and you know, They'll trade personally. They'll email me and say, hey, nice job on that can't give that to my clients, obviously, but I, I did okay on it. So I would say probably the majority would be the, the um, just an average investor looking to take, or trader looking to take charge, uh, looking for something that's, that's simple, something that can be repeated, and something that can be followed, as opposed to something that's a little bit more esoteric out there and, and a little bit more grandiose, and, and the claims which are, which are probably not repeatable or achievable. So you speak a lot, uh, even throughout the world. You write articles. Uh, you do that stuff uh, just to advertise your services. Is that what you do? Well, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. But, yeah, it's, it's nice to get out there. I guess it looks good on a resume, as you uh, you joked earlier, you know, just in case you ever have to get a job. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I basically I enjoy doing what I do, and I enjoy speaking and meeting people throughout the world. So it's, uh, But, yeah, it doesn't hurt if I pick up a client in the process, absolutely. So a question we'd like to ask all of our guests here is, uh, what keeps you awake at night, Dave? Well, who was it? Uh, Brian Gelber, I think, and Market Wizard said, three months out of the year, you're hot, you're so hot, you can't sleep. Three months, you're cold, you're so cold, you can't sleep. And then the rest of the six months, the rest of the year, you grind it out. Uh, that grinding it out sort of keeps me up at night a little bit. Uh, when I get really, really hot, I, I get nervous because I know it's going to come to the end at some point. You can't let that go to your head. That's a big mistake that a lot of people make. And then sometimes when you're cold, you, you wonder when the next trend's going to come along. The good thing is about the way I trade is that when you do start getting cold and the market does start getting choppy, you tend to get stopped out of your positions and you tend to back off a little bit, and then you wait for the opportunities. Like you said earlier, do you, or you take an overall market into consideration, not in a macroeconomic stance, but if the market starts going sideways and you can't find any setups, chances are you're going to get stopped out of your existing positions, and you just have to learn to sit on your hand. So 
it's a little uh, unnerving just sitting on your hands waiting for that opportunity, but it's nice when the market chops back and forth and you're watching everybody else fight it out and you're sitting on the sidelines relaxing. So that's kind of nice, too. So I guess choppy markets, trendless markets, if I had to worry about something, that's probably something I worry about the most. And uh, second question we'd like to ask all of our guests is, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Why don't we start with, tell us about uh, your books, just very briefly, and then tell us what book other than yours would you recommend for our listeners? Okay. Uh, The Layman's Guide to Trading Stocks by Dave Landry, of course. (laughs) And then I would recommend uh, books, depending on your level of uh, expertise, but I would certainly recommend something like... uh, Jesse books about Jesse Livermore, such as uh, Reminiscence of a Stock Trader. I think the, the one big thing that people don't realize is, or people new to trading, is it's really, uh, you're really your own enemy. I think it was Pogo quote, we met the enemy and he is us. So I would read a lot on trading psychology. Mark Douglas, who, uh, who recently left this earth, uh, wrote some very good books on trading psychology. The favorite one that he wrote is uh, The Disciplined Trader. I would recommend that everyone read that. And uh, not to be egotistical, but I have a lot of information on my website, and I write a lot about trading psychology. It's probably one of my favorite topics because, like everyone else out there who's, who's trading, I, I go through those same emotions and same feelings in putting on a trade. So and that, I think that comes through in the writing. So I do put a lot of uh, things out that, like that out there. But I rec- as far as trading psychology, I'd recommend uh, Mark Douglas. Hey, thank you, uh, Dave. You're, you're the first one to recommend uh, him as an author, and, and we always appreciate hearing hearing new ones here. So uh, provide your website. We've talked about it here. and get, Give it to us again. Okay. DaveLandry.com. Okay. Spell Dave Landry for us. D-A-V-E-L-A-N-D-R-Y. Okay. So, uh, and I can tell you, I have spent a lot of time in preparation for this today uh, on your website. It's very interesting. And it uh, shows you that obviously, shows us that obviously your wife is a very good cook. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've got a, a good personality for this kind of thing, and it's got a lot of helpful information. So I can well, definitely, you, I can definitely, me on. yeah, I can definitely recommend it for anybody looking for information on trading. So, final words for our listeners from you here, Dave. Well, I think the trend is your friend. Uh, pay attention to trends. Uh, is it going up? Is it going down? Is it going sideways? I know I kind of beat the dead horse on that. Uh, realize that the battle is often from within. Keep it simple. Take your time. And then, uh, above all, just be patient. Wait for opportunities. Good opportunities don't always come along every day. And just learn how to be patient. And, again, here I go beat a dead horse. Just keep it simple. Don't uh, try to use 100 different indicators. Maybe find one thing that makes sense to you and just follow that one thing. Uh, great advice. Uh, having done... Uh more than my share, having made more than my share of mistakes in trading, I can tell you every one of those elements I've experienced, and uh, I, I can vouch for them here, Dave. So thank you, Dave, very much for joining us here today. Thank you, Charlie. So again, we've been talking with Dave Landry of DaveLandry.com on his stock uh, trading education through technical analysis, speaking to us from beautiful Abita Springs, Louisiana. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor. 
your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.